welcome to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast powered by the National Cannabis Industry Association, also known as the NCIA, one of the largest trade associations in the cannabis space to date. I am your host, Khadija Adams. I am the founder of Girl Get That Money. I am also the founder of the Green Street Academy. So the goal of our show is really to highlight minority entrepreneurs in the cannabis and hemp space, share weekly news updates about what minorities are doing and actually bringing to the industry as a whole. And then we also like to interview minority entrepreneurs, minority-owned companies, companies that support social equity and social equity applicants themselves, as well as a host of other cannabis industry leaders and pioneers. Joining me today is my very special guest. His name is Keystan Franklin. He is the co-founder of Canamatch. Um, Gal, wait a minute, hold on. Gallantry Industries and Halo Holdings Group. So when we return from our commercial break, we're actually going to talk to him and um, we're going to catch you up on the latest news, but we're going to talk to him about Gallantry Industries because I found it very interesting in what they're doing. And I want to find out more about, you know, social equity, what that means to him, and also find out about banking and safe banking in the cannabis space. So when we'll return, He's going to take us into his journey into the cannabis industry, and then we're going to cover some news right after these messages. If you're following us on Facebook, be sure to share. Also, get some of your friends involved. Tag your friends. Let them take a look at what's going on, and that way we can actually make some comments with you right there in the um, in the comments down below. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be back. What's up? I'm Vince and this is NCIA's Industry Buzz. With the start of 2022 also comes the final year of the 117th Congress. Last year was marked with some small victories, although meaningful cannabis reform has yet to be enacted on the federal level. While it's a midterm election year, we here at NCIA have no doubt that we'll see some significant movement over the coming months. NCIA Deputy Director of Government Relations Michelle Rutter Freeberg has taken to Industry Insights this week, as a matter of fact, to answer some of the frequently asked questions that she's fielded as one year comes to a close and the next dawned. Like what's going on with safe banking? What's next for comprehensive cannabis reform? Is legalization on the horizon? What's going to happen at the committee level? Get answers from the expert at thecannabisindustry.org. Hey guys, so we are back. So here's what I have been thinking about for a long time. You know, we have been talking about safe banking um, in the cannabis industry for a long time and just banking um, in general. And so many small mom and pops, they have been getting their um, checking accounts either frozen or locked up or whatever the case may be. Minorities are having a hard time in this industry actually, you know, finding the right banking for them and banks that will even do business you know, with us as minorities. And here's what I want y'all to know and what you should know about cannabis in 2022 and beyond. So sales for cannabis in 2020 were about $20 million. I'm, I'm sorry, $20 billion with a B, $20 billion. And in 2021, they were expected to reach or exceed $26 billion. And then now we're talking about 20 to another 30% per year that is going to grow and probably reach about $50 billion by 2026. First of all, that's about four years from now, but I want to try to think about something. It's saying since 2020, right? 
And we've been actually doing this for a long time. And we hear about all of these mergers and acquisitions, you know, 20 million raised here, 15 million raised there. Are you kidding me? Do you think these people are doing this in cash or, or using a bank, right? Are our mom and pops being singled out by the banking system? Are our minorities being singled out by the banking system? I'm trying to think about that because if we're reporting numbers like this, this research was actually conducted by um, Cohen and, and company, okay? Or Cowan and company. They revealed that the legal cannabis market is bound to grow 20 to 30% per year to the price of $50 billion in 2026. Mind you, somebody's using the bank, okay? Banks are doing business with these people, right? And so my thought is, why are we saying that there's no banking out there? And, and, and mind you, if there was no banking out there, how is it that the mom and pops are getting cut off from banking? I'm kind of confused with that whole situation. So anyway, the industry has been talking about safe banking or the lack thereof for cannabis um, industries, but I, I, you know, for can, cannabis companies, but I want y'all to keep those numbers in mind. You know, they're not actually bringing millions of dollars in suitcases to one another, okay? They're passing this money through some type of banking system. You know, whether they're setting up um, a corporate entity that's outside of the industry and running the funds through there, or whether they're going directly to the banks. We don't know. But what we do know is that they're not putting this money in a suitcase and actually driving it over to them, okay? So these numbers can only be reported when the surveys are actually completed, right? And so some moving money and we want to know why our mom and pops and minorities and black and brown people are being left out of the safe banking and don't have safe banking is this why we're constantly being robbed in places like california illinois and a few other places why are we being targeted i want you to consider that okay somebody's doing some kind of banking and y'all need to answer that question okay because i think it's really important for the federal government to answer that question. How are you guys getting paid taxes if there's no banking? Are we bringing you cash or how's that playing out? Like I'm confused anyways. All right, so enough of my soapbox but I want you to really think about it, okay? And then don't forget you guys that, check this out, talk about banking. February 1st, New Mexico opens up loan applications for micro businesses. So if you are a minority-owned business, right, in the cannabis or hemp space, okay, in New Mexico, February 1st, 2022, they are actually starting to take in applications because they're opening up loans. Okay, another point. If there's no banking, how are they getting the money out to these companies? Okay, I guess they'll, they think we were born yesterday. But anyways, that's another subject. But the loan terms for New Mexico, mind you, um, will be up to five years. The interest rates will vary anywhere from 2 to 3%. That's not a bad thing, right? Because if we were in the traditional industry and you were actually getting an SBA loan, right? An e EIDL loan even, right? Then you'll probably be paying anywhere from, you know, 3 to 3.5% interest. So that's not a bad thing. The problem I have with this whole situation with New Mexico, and mind you, New Mexico, I'm not knocking you. I'm, I'm, we're grateful, right? We're really grateful that you're doing something like this, that you're offering something, right? Something is better than nothing. But 
how is it that you want a percentage? You want to give them a loan and get a percentage of equity in their business? I'm kind of confused. The loan and equity. And why both? I'm not understanding. Is that not predatory? I don't know, y'all. Y'all go figure that out. Anyways, um, but something to ponder, right? Now, in more news, federal cannabis legalization in the U.S. set for 2022. So I read an article this morning um, in Investing Cannabis Online, okay? And it states that the U.S. federal government has moved closer to cannabis legalization in a very surprising way. Um, it went on to say that in the way that the international market is moving, it proves that President Biden and his administration will make the historic move to federally legalize cannabis in 2022. Now, according to this article, the comments and the, the recent actions um, by the current administration have demonstrated that cannabis legalization at the federal level, it's on its way. So it could it be that Mexico is getting set to legalize cannabis? Um, what about Germany taking the lead in the European market, right? And then what about Jamaica? Jamaica has made it a priority to legalize cannabis and the exportation into Europe. They're making it a priority. So the global cannabis legalization is really gonna pressure the United States to act really quickly towards federal legalization. And here's the thing, are we really ready? right? There's been so much pushback. Has anyone been getting ready for federal legalization doing this whole pushback situation? And, and what if President Biden does decide, what if that, that administration does decide to legalize for, for um, you know, federally? Are we really ready, right? Are the states ready? I mean, some of these states can't even get the, the, the state system um, program together. Heck, they don't even have a lot of the social equity together right there in the states. So are we really ready for federal legalization? I mean, we keep asking for it. We know that we want it, right? We know that it's inevitable. But if the states can't get it together on a statewide basis, I want you to think about that. How the heck are we going to get it together federally? Like, I mean, seriously, guys, we have to think about that. Who's preparing? And which states are preparing really for federal legalization? And then what model is there going to be? I don't know about you, but I really want to hear something about it. Anyways, <sighs> enough of my soapbox. Okay, because y'all know I can go, right? All right. So anyways, I want to congratulate a couple of companies. So I know you guys see me. I'm wearing my Noted. This is my Noted jersey with my N on it. Y'all can see Noted right here. Go to Noted.info, I-N-F-O. That is the next web MD in the cannabis space. For those of you who do not know about Noted, go to Noted.info. And if you are an accredited investor, they are raising capital. Y'all need to reach out to Ashley and to Nydia, but go to Noted.info for more information. And then I want to do a special shout out and congratulations to Dr. Elizabeth Hughes. We had her on the show a few months ago. Um, she has launched her CBD scalp oil, um, Beyond Dermatologics. So go to beyonddermatologics.com for more details on how you can support her and your skin by purchasing a bottle for yourself. When we return, you guys, we're going to learn more about Kingston Franklin and his journey into the cannabis industry when we return. In the meantime, tag some of your friends, 
um, who you think could benefit from this episode. We'll be back right after this brief commercial. Very proud to be NCIA members. Uh, we've been members for the last three years, and I gotta say, every event, every conference, every uh, you know get together that's sponsored by NCIA is a good opportunity, not just to meet uh, you know others in the industry, obviously, uh, but really to talk about the industry as a whole, where it's going, where it's been, our challenges to date. We feel really grateful to NCIA for including us in the educational tracks the last three years. We've been at every seed to sale and most of the shows in, on the West Coast. Every time we're here, I always have a sense that it's not just another one of these industry conferences, that it's actually, um, that it is the industry's lobbying arm and that it's an organization that is protecting all of us and fighting for the legal future that we all need. At the end of the day, the most important and impactful thing for us is the community. It's really about the people, the people that NCIA brings together and, and the events like this one that NCIA organizes for, for us to gather. If you're in this industry, NCIA is trying to influence it positively for you. If you're not speaking up, if you're not participating in committees, you're missing out on a huge window. You know, everyone wants change. Well, this is one of the ways you, you do it. You don't have to be a member of the NCIA. You could just do nothing and let them do everything for you and fix all the problems that need to be fixed for the industry to work properly. And you could just sit on the sidelines. That would be fine, but it'd be better if you were a member. He is the co-founder of Canamatch, of um, Gallantry Industries and Halo Holdings Group. Kingston is a Florida native who comes from a family of civil servants. He's a post 9-11 veteran with over 10 years experience in finance, insurance, and tax consulting. And ladies, he is already married, so get that out your head, all right? He is the co-founder and the operator of Gallantry Industries. Um, Kingston believes that cannabis will improve not only the nation's economy, but will help rebuild communities and improve our community's quality of life. His focus is on access and resources for cannabis license holders and those seeking to enter the industry. So Kingston is the vice chair also of the NCIA's Banking and Financial Services Committee. So here to share his cannabis story with us is Kingston Franklin. Hi, Kingston. Welcome to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast. How are you today? Hi, Khadija. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Good. You are married, right? <laughs> yes, I am. I am. A beautiful right. wife and uh, two beautiful uh, daughters as well. Absolutely. So, hey, tell us more about your background and the type of work that you did prior to coming into the industry. Oh, okay. Well, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go back to like, like, um, you know, what really, what was the industry that you were in before right. you moved into the cannabis space? Right. So I was in uh, two spaces, actually, and they, they kind of uh, you know, fit into each other, intersected. I was in a nonprofit space and then I was also in asset management. And so what I did in uh, finance and asset management is help individuals and also businesses with structuring you know, their capital, their investments and, and planning uh, you know, for the future. And so in a nonprofit space, so I ran a veterans nonprofit, we're still operational today. And uh, we, 
help veterans with our service members and veterans as a transition uh, from military service and to civilian lifestyle. And so taking that expertise I have in finance and tax, uh, my focus at that time and still is, is financial literacy uh, within the veteran community and within all communities. So I, I, I got to that space. Uh, originally, my father was an accountant, uh, tax, uh, did with tax in the city of uh, Tallahassee and then also in Florida. So I just grew up with it. And then over the years, even in the university and then running uh, restaurants uh, in the university, uh, you know, to pay for scholar for college and school, uh, I found a liking to, to finance and tax. And so, yeah, that's the space that I was uh, prior to getting into the cannabis industry. And, and it was an easy pivot um, and, and step into the cannabis industry as well. Well, I'll tell you what, um, accounting just goes way over my head. And, um, you know, the whole tax situation that goes way over my head. You know, I, I, I really like the idea of just deploying capital, right? I like having <laughs> I like having a CTE and somebody saying, no, you can't do this. Yes, you can. Right. You know what I mean? But, you know, my hat's off to you because, you know, that's talking about, you know, using that part of the brain that a, a lot of us, you know, haven't exercised that particular muscle before, you know? So, so tell us about, um, you know, why cannabis? You know, since you were, you know, in the finance and accounting, you know, before, why cannabis? Well, honestly, cannabis saved my life. Or, you know, I believe it saved my life and definitely improved the quality of my life. Uh, as I was transitioning out of service, my last news station was out in California and I had physical injuries and I literally fell down and while holding my firstborn, you know, she was maybe about six months old. And because my back locked up and just inflammation, it slipped this, you know, four slipped this. And wow. I rolled over, you know, just to make sure she was protected. My wife came and got her. And uh, after that, I was like, okay, well, I got to go see the doc. The doc's like, oh, well, we can do surgeries. I'm like at the time, you know, mid 30s, early 30s, it was like, I'm not going to do back surgery. And uh, so they give me a whole bunch of you know, different drugs, uh, lidocaine, patches, hydrocodone, all sorts of things. And it was just the fog that I was just experiencing, you know, in, in my life just to get through the day. And one of my mentors is being out there and he, he said, hey, I plan to heal you. And I was like, what? <laughs> wow. And he said it. And so he gave me a little bit of CBD uh, and literally within three days, it was night and day. Uh, the fog was gone. The inflammation of my body was gone. And, you know, it, 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 it changed my life. And I'm not going to, you know, go down what the path of you know injury that people or veterans go through but i was headed down that path and i'm glad that you know that introduction and education of what hemp and cannabis can do to a body uh, was done to me and so i became john the baptist you know i, I told all my friends all my veteran uh, all my service members say hey i know what you're doing we serve together this this is what it did to my body uh, no medical claims uh, but you know, this can, it, it can see if it takes any changes uh, for your body. And it did. And then, so when you're looking at the space, we got into uh, retail. Uh, there's a company that was allowing you to do online retail back before 2016, 2017. And mm -hmm. then the farm bill passed, you know, like hemp. And so we said, hey, we got to get into this. We looked at it, did our research, dug in. And then same thing with cannabis as it started to open up in the state and the state that I was going back into. Uh, which was in Illinois. 
And as I looked at the space, you know, from a numerical and financial perspective, it was like, well, this is a very lucrative business, one, but it also, you know, provides challenges, which for, you know, an individual like me, who's, who's I love challenges in this service, we love challenges. Uh, it's like, well, there provides some opportunity that we can overcome some of these obstacles, do some good, uh, serve, and then also be a, a part of a new budding industry and actually change some policy, uh, you know, as we go along the way. So that's yeah. that's how I got into the cannabis industry, both on the health and wellness side, and then also the opportunity to, you know, affect change in policy in this industry, uh, where not everyone's, you know, actively engaging and playing in this mm -hmm. space. Yeah, and that's very true, you know. Um, and and with veterans, I mean, I love what you what you guys are doing with veterans and. Um, what, what branch of the service were you in? Um, ah, the only branch, Army. Everyone else is support, but uh, I love ah, all my, ah, I love all my service members. You know, yeah, I have family members who serve in all branches. I uh, set up for Space Force. I don't have anyone yet in Space Force, but yeah, I was Army. Got it. Well, thank you for your sacrifice. You know, a lot of people say thank you for your service. I like to say thank you for your sacrifice. We appreciate you a lot. So, you know, you are the founder of three separate businesses right in this space, in hemp and cannabis. And let's talk about Gallantry um, Industries. What type of company is Gallantry and what services do you offer and who's your target audience? Mm -hmm. Yes. So Gallantry Industries were veteran and minority owned hemp and cannabis uh, company. And, you know, Gallantry, we seek to empower veterans and communities through hemp and cannabis op you know, operations and with this industry. And, you know, we, we do that by, you know, so cannabis and hemp regulated by the state. It's not federally regulated. Um, and so we, we go in and take our expertise because of the experience that we have uh, in, in certain professions, uh, also in sort of the cannabis space. And we partner up with community members or veterans who want to get into the, the hemp and cannabis space. So everything from uh, writing applications to you know, building out financial models, uh, to even to operations and consulting within our fold within Gallantry. We have over 20 years of experience uh, just on, on that cannabis and hemp front. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's, that's Gallantry in a nutshell. Yeah, so let me ask you, because you said build financial models. So let's say I am, a um, small business and I have put together my business plan, but I don't know or quite understand the financial piece to my business plan, would it be your company that I would reach out to and say, hey, I need help putting together a financial model for my business? Yes. So we can uh, do the financial model or we can match you with a particular uh, representative or CPA or, or veteran partner that we have in that state. Um, but yes, the, when it comes to building out that financial model and understanding, you know, the, the mechanics. And I love finance because if you're in the finance, you learn everything about a business. The same thing in tax, you know, every nook and cranny, <laughs> every uh, product that's being sold, every transaction or event or even, uh, you know, ad that goes out. It still has some monetary or currency, you know, uh, intersection that's going to mm -hmm. happen. But yes, yeah, so they could reach out to Gallantry and uh, we learn a little bit about the business. The very first thing is to understand the business and where they want the business to go. And then you create a model uh, based upon, you know, that the trajectory or, you know, what they envision 
and even also give some, uh, some insights uh, from a you know, professional or financial perspective of where this business might have some you know, collaborative or pivot opportunities uh, mm -hmm. to support uh, other revenue streams or other aspects of their, their, their passion. Well, it's not just their cannabis business. There might be other passions that they might not even think that uh, are related but uh, yes, for doing that financial model process, you can flesh that out and then really frame and, and, and focus in, you know, the business uh, capabilities and be able to articulate. That's the main thing is, mm -hmm. you know, once you have your business model, we'll be able to uh, show and say, well, this is how you tell about your business from a financial perspective, you know, talking mm -hmm. about your assumptions and why you make these assumptions and being able to show how, you know, your cash flow and, and, and profits and loss work within your business uh, to show the value of individual because at the end of the day it's about investing right people right. want money you, you, you want to learn the finances you, you, you want to understand the finances see what money's coming in what's going out and then if you need more capital well you know you want to be able to uh, get that capital from individuals and that exchanges they have to understand you know <laughs> what their capital is going to do and then how they're going to get their return on their investment you know from the deploying or entrusting you with their capital so yes, we were able to help make sure that uh, understanding that uh, that business or their business from a financial perspective, uh, mm -hmm. they feel comfortable with it. Yeah, it's easy. it's easy. Yeah, and that's you know, and as an investor, and, and I've heard so many people pitch their companies and and all of that. That's really what investors want to know. Investors want to know that the CEO or whomever is pitching, the entrepreneur understands their business model and yeah. understands how much money they need, what they're going to use it for and how the investor is going to get their money back. And so <clears throat> I, I say that's a really good service to offer, especially new entrepreneurs coming into this, this, um, this industry as well. So tell me, why is having access um, to safe banking in the cannabis industry a priority for you? Oh, it's priority to me. I think any minority looking at getting the business and any person looking at starting their own business, uh, safe banking is, is immensely important in the cannabis space alone. Um, because you're either, you're in two boats at the end of the day. Either you have capital to support your business or you don't have capital and you need to get some capital. Uh, traditional businesses, you are allowed to go out to a bank uh, or to an SBA and then you know, put in a request for capital. And they, so they look at your business model, look at your financials, look at you know, the space and industry. Like, oh, okay, well, I trust that you're going to be successful and be able to return this capital at X amount of rate. Cannabis industry is different. Uh, you can't just go to a regular bank because of the federal schedule. You can't just say, hey, I have this business idea. I need $100,000. I want to put up you know, some equity or my house or some other assets or whatnot uh, you know, to secure this capital and then you know, to, to build out this business. You know, because they're only, well, well because the, the, what is the, there's no federal regulation or legislation in there. And so you're stuck with uh, these smaller, uh, smaller banks in the state or in particular charges. Yes. And so that makes it a little bit difficult because of the cannabis space. Uh, you're looking at the same traditional uh, overhead expenses that you you have in a regular business. You're looking at buildings, office space. Uh, you're looking at admin. You still have to pay 
uh, people in your furniture and then with cannabis being highly regulated, costs are going to be a lot higher in some of the operational process um, mm -hmm. that your, your normal deployment of capital in, in a traditional business, uh, you wouldn't feel it as much. And then you have a, another segment of tax uh, where you aren't going to get as many traditional business deductions in the cannabis space. Yeah. So having a place uh, or a financial institution or the opportunity to go to a financial institution and then support your business as you would in a traditional you know, business as a regular entrepreneur uh, is extremely important for minorities and, 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 by, and veterans getting into the space. Um, yeah. I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, you know, and it kind of ties into the next question that is, you know, what does social equity mean to you and how does how is social equity relevant in banking? I think you kind of tie that in because it's really, it's really a part, it's really about, to me, allowing these companies, you know, to actually play on a, a, a level playing field, if you will. But my, my whole thing with the Kingston is the fact that even though it's not federally legal, I get, I get that, right? <clears throat> There's no federal regulations. I get that. But we still have to pay taxes. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, we still have to pay taxes. So what do you mean? Like, you know, I'm just, it's like, okay, well, we can do it, but y'all can't do it. It's basically what the government is saying to us. Essentially. And that's the whole idea of, you know, social equity is what it's supposed to be. You take the two words, social you know, you're thinking society, you know, organization and that sort of buy-in. Uh, and then you, the equity aspect, you know, a little stake in the game. Uh, so you would think social equity was that, you know, everyone who wants to be part of the cannabis industry can be. That's not the case. Uh, and so they had to spell it out, you know. So social equity to me is level, you know, creating that space uh, or an opportunity or moving obstacles or whatever that needs to be done so that, individuals, society, you know, all members of society, uh, despite their, their you know, social status, economic status, you know, where they're living at or what they've experienced, can actually engage in this industry that <laughs> some individuals are making millions and millions and billions of dollars, including you know, the, the government as well. And we still have to pay for this. So yeah. that's my thoughts on social equity is, is it's all inclusive. Uh, and if it's if it's not, you know, then we, we do a little bit more work. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and it's a lot of work to to be done, and that's why I was saying, it, you know, when I was doing the news segment part, is that you know we, we still have a lot of work to do. I mean, we want it to be federally legal, you know, we want this industry to be, fed, you know, um, cannabis to be federally legal, but really, are we really there yet? Like, are we really ready for that yet? You know, and so that's some of the things that I think about because some of these states. They don't even have the social equity piece done. They don't yeah. even have, you know, they don't even have that done. So for the government to come out and say, okay, well, what if they did come out Monday, Tuesday, next week, whenever, and say, okay, great, we're just going to federally legalize this straight across the board. Now you're going to have, you think it's the wild, wild west. It's really going to be, right. you, you know, so it's all about being ready. So let me ask you, what is your, your major focus as it relates to access? for other Black people entering the cannabis industry? Wow. Uh, our focus right now with Gallantry and has been is creating a space 
you know, just because of some of the challenges that we had to, you know, overcome and understand getting into this uh, cannabis industry, you know, we wanted to make sure that those challenges were not barriers to entry. So, you know, our focus right now is getting licenses and states partnering up with, uh, you know, various community members and then also veterans who want to get in this space who may not have the expertise all themselves. Uh, you know, we don't have it all. So that's what Gallagher Industry, we have partners to, you know, we can piecemeal together or we can work together. Uh, as we say in the military, you know, more hands make heavy lifting light. Uh, so when it comes to getting into the cannabis industry, there's no, uh, there's no reason why anyone who has an inkling to run a business or operate a business cannot do it successfully uh, in the cannabis space. You know, the, the economics shouldn't be an issue. The expertise in writing an application or what needs to be done on the back end after being awarded that application and operating that business, none of these things, they should be like, oh, it, it shouldn't be an issue. You should be able to say, well, I, I want to do this. I think this might work. And then uh, we'll partner up and, uh, and, and create that space along with them. Well, I like that. I like the partner up. Part, yeah. you know yeah. how you you could eat, we could either piecemeal it together or we come together and make this thing happen so I really like that yeah. um which is, to me is the best way um especially in this industry um you know so what advice would you give new entre entrepreneurs entering into the space well the first thing is I would say wherever you decide to be in that space learn the state regulations about that space, you know, learn your, your area of operations, how you, your, your parameters um, that you can operate in, what the state's requiring of you, you know, learn a little bit more about the industry, maybe some neighboring states uh, and kind of look at some best practices. That's, that's the very first thing. And, you know, the next thing, it's uh, anything else, traditional business, it's a business, it's your dream. Uh, anything that it's your baby, you know, anything that you need to do to make sure it's protected, to make sure that it's growing and it's, you know, realizing its fullest potential, do that and then more. And, and, and the last thing is just, you know, don't, don't quit. You don't quit on your baby, right? <laughs> you know, you don't, don't quit on your dream. So many people quit on their dreams because it gets hard or no one believes in them. You believe in it. That's all that matters, you know, and then you keep pushing in and you, you'll find that other people believe into it or if you keep your eyes open and you're recognizing opportunity, uh, they'll see, you'll see opportunities where your dream might be the, 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 the keystone or the, the linchpin or into you know, someone else's dream being successful and moving forward. So those are my, my three things, I guess, that, that uh, I remind myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people believe that this is, you know, especially new people, and it never, it, it just, it never ceases to fail, and it doesn't surprise me anymore. They come into the industry, and they think it's a get-rich-quick industry, and I'm going to go ahead and, you know, get this idea out there, and I'm going to make millions of dollars in, in three or four months or six months when they haven't earned those millions. They're like, it didn't work, and I'm just going right. to go back and go back home or whatever, and it's like, guy like dude you've only been doing this for like six months you haven't right. seen anything yet like there's there's um you know different what do they call it seasons right in business and um and so you got to be willing to stay the course so yeah thank you for that so how can people actually reach out to you Kingston? how can they get in touch with you if they want to hire you if they want to just have a conversation with you where can they reach you Oh, yes, you can reach me at, uh, go to our website, gallantryindustries.com. That's, you know, 
gallantry with an I, and then also info at gallantryindustries.com, or you can email me directly, Keiston at gallantryindustries.com. Fantastic. All right. So I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Would love to have you back on the show um, so we can find out the progress of, of your company and where you are in the next few, few months. Um, is there anything that you need, that your company needs right now um, that, you know, um, now would be a great time to let the audience know, what are your current needs right now? Are you guys raising capital? Are you looking for business partners? Are you hiring? Right. Well, we're all of the above, actually. So we're raising capital for some of our projects. Um, with one of the new licenses we put out is in uh, New Mexico. Uh, and then we're coming up on New Jersey. Uh, shortly and then also in Florida but we're also looking at partners in, in other states uh, as well and then with these new licenses that we put in we'll be looking for individuals to operate in the space as well as train uh, individuals who uh, seek to operate in that space all of the above all right well you guys heard them now if you are an investor out there if you have something to bring to the table of Gallantry Industries, y'all look at, reach out to Keiston um, Franklin. Um, you can find him either on LinkedIn, you can find him at his website, gallantryindustries.com, um, or info at gallantryindustries.com, or even Keystone at gallantryindustries.com. All right, so thank you so much for being with us, um, and uh, we'll definitely have you back. Thanks so much. Hey, y'all, don't forget to subscribe to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite um, platforms. So if you'd like for us to produce or actually highlight your products or your company right here on our podcast, or if you want to run your company's 30-second or one-minute commercial during our show, be sure to inbox me at info at KadijaAdams.com or inbox my producer, Vince, at thecannabisindustry.org. We'll be back right after these messages. So we're very proud to be NCIA members. Uh, we've been members for the last three years. And I got to say, every event, every conference, every uh, get-together that's sponsored by NCIA is a good opportunity not just to meet uh, you know, others in the industry, obviously, uh, but really to talk about the industry as a whole, where it's going, where it's been, our challenges to date. We feel really grateful to NCIA for including us in the educational tracks the last three years. We've been at every seed to sale and most of the shows in, on the West Coast. Every time we're here, I always have a sense that it's not just another one of these industry conferences, that it's actually, um, that it is the industry's lobbying arm and that it's an organization that is protecting all of us and fighting for the legal future that we all need. At the end of the day, the most important and impactful thing for us is the community. It's really about the people, the people that NCIA brings together and, and the events like this one that NCIA organizes for for us to gather. If you're in this industry, NCIA is trying to influence it positively for you. If you're not speaking up, if you're not participating in committees, you're missing out on a huge window. You know, everyone wants change. Well, this is one of the ways you, you do it. You don't have to be a member of the NCIA. You could just do nothing and let them do everything for you and fix all the problems that need to be fixed for the industry to work properly. And you could just sit on the sidelines. That would be fine, but be better if you were a member.
you guys. Don't forget to check out the NCIA's member news blog and the industry insights that actually includes our NCIA member spotlight series. Um, we feature um, some of our members of the NCIA and what they are actually doing in the industry, how they are benefiting in the industry. Um, and some of these people um, have actually joined through our social equity scholarship program. And so you don't, you don't want to miss our um, member spotlight, okay? Give them shouts out and also show them some support. And don't forget to download the NCIA's mobile app. Yep, we do have a mobile app. You get to keep up with the latest news and updates from the NCIA and what is going on um, as it relates to policy in this industry with the NCIA. And then we want to do a special shout out to our DEI program sponsors of 2021. Um, and if you're looking to sponsor for 2022, reach out to Vince at thecannabisindustry.org or reach out to the NCIA directly. So special shout out to <clears throat> the law offices of Omar Figueroa. You know, we love you over here. Also the Tahoe Wellness Center, the People's Ecosystem, as well as a therapeutic alternative, Forefront, Coronas Group, um, El Capion Advisors, and Nice Guys Delivery. So if you would like to be a sponsor of the Cannabis Minority Report podcast, um, feel free to reach out to me directly at info at The mission of the DEIC committee is to educate, to advocate, to engage and empower the community of cannabis, its members, by cultivating partnerships with other nonprofit organizations with similar goals, providing resources that create and also sustain an environment that is inclusive, that is equitable and is diverse. We are committed to building a culture that respects our members, celebrates their contributions as we all work together to strengthen all communities in the cannabis space. Until next Monday, y'all, peace, love, and hippie stuff. NCIA's Cannabis Minority Report is a product of the National Cannabis Industry Association and NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. We are hosted every week by Khadijah Adams. Our executive producers are Aaron Smith and Vince Chandler. We are directed by Vince Chandler and produced by Bethany Moore. Please, please, please find out everything you can about the growing and equitable cannabis industry at thecannabisindustry.org.